The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vina Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, where someday, when George gets enough experience <laughs> in radio... <laughs> just knows enough to be dangerous. He will, he will know how to turn on a microphone <laughs> when the time comes. Anyway, we're here, as always, to uh, help you to start or grow your own real estate investing business, and for those of you who are in that starting stage, this is going to be a topic tonight that y'all want to listen into because we're going to tackle the topic of how do you do that when you have a full-time job. But before we jump into that, just want to remind everybody that tomorrow is the uh, first meeting in November of the Cincinnati, RIA, and Central Ohio Real Estate Investors uh, combined meeting, and uh, it's online, so it doesn't matter like where you are in the country, you can attend this, and the topic is um, one that doesn't really get talked about enough in our industry, which is how do you go about getting effective help from your colleagues how do you how do you get the money you need the deals you need the advice you need the help you need the referrals you need uh any real estate association is sort of a one-stop shop like in any anything that you want somebody else in your ria group has but way too many people don't know how to ask for it they don't know how to how to, you know, give and get and get ha, ask for help without sounding like they're begging for it and offer things that people like so that you can get what you like. And that is um, the topic of the whole meeting tomorrow night. The six o'clock early meeting is uh, how to build relationships with other investors so that you can get the stuff that you're looking for. And then the main meeting at 730 is about how to choose and work with partners. That's another, man, we could spend a whole show on just partners and why they're good and why they're bad and why why you hear so many horror stories about partnerships in real estate that went went didn't just go bad, they went like spectacularly bad, like bankruptcy bad, like 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 theft and financial ruin kind of bad and it's all because folks go into these partnerships without understanding first of all what they really want is it really a partnership is it really a joint venture is it really just a strategic alliance 
And then, as our speaker tomorrow night, Stuart Guthner, says, they spend less time picking a partner than they would spend picking a date. You get, get into this big financial relationship with somebody and you you decide it all over coffee one day. That's just not, not the right way to do it. So uh, the topic is all about those things, how to do it right, how to work with other people. Um, big, important thing that you hardly ever see talked about. And it's going to be talked about tomorrow night at Cincinnati Rhea. So you can get your link wherever you are in the whole U.S. You can join in at CincinnatiRia.com. That is CincinnatiRia.com. So to on to our topic for today, uh, we're going to talk about how to handle having a job and also having a real estate business. And that, that is, by the way, the position that most people start their real estate businesses from. I'm I'm always talking to people who say, "Well, is it gonna is it gonna hurt me in starting my business that I have a job?" And it's like, "Why well, do you think like everybody starts? People don't just like quit their jobs and then start a real estate business. It's if they quit their jobs, it's because they already have a real estate business." And um, to discuss this topic, because uh, I am deeply unqualified to do this, because I had a job for six weeks after college and just then went into um, real estate full-time because I didn't like the whole job thing, uh, is Miss Anita Johnson, who is uh, a full-time corporate employee. She's got a bachelor's in industrial and systems engineering from OSU and um, an MBA from Duke. And uh, I probably would get in trouble if I don't say she's a huge Buckeyes fan. Uh, She actually started investing in real estate in 04 by buying rentals and then started a wholesaling business in 2013 and then started doing creative deals, subject twos, things like that in 2017. And also is the past president of RIA of Greater Cincinnati and also runs the wholesaling focus group for RIA of Greater Cincinnati and also runs a creative financing uh, online group and by the way, has a job that has no real start or end times, but is very commonly a 10 hour a day job. So joining us from her home here in Cincinnati is Miss Anita Johnson. Anita, welcome to Real Life Real well, Estate. Well, thank you, Vina. Thank you for uh, inviting me to be a guest on the show. Uh, I listen to this show just about every week. And so, of course, when you asked me if I would be a guest, I was floored. <laughs> so thank you so very much for uh, inviting me on well, the show tonight. It's nice of you to say that I invited you instead of saying what really happened, which is... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to give your secret away to too many people because then you might not be able to do that to them as well, right? <laughs> no, I, I, I'll still have the power. Yeah, so Anita and I were talking at... at golly um what eight o'clock last night about uh her she was she was working on some slides for her presentation at the OREA convention next week and she she was you know wondering how to insert some things into the slides and we get about 20 minutes in I say by the way I don't have a radio show guest tomorrow because the guy that I had booked (laughs) says he can't do it you can do that right (laughs) (laughs) yeah you have that way of you know it's like I can see it when you're doing it to other people but when you do it to me I'm like 
man, she just got you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, and I appreciate you being so agreeable about doing it. And so, so first time on the radio this week, next week, first time as a national speaker. <laughs> Like you're getting, you're getting, yes. <laughs> you're getting 2020 has brought many a first, <laughs> but those are two good firsts. Uh, but yes, I have to say I'm excited and, and, you know, uh, anxious and nervous about all of those things at the same time. So yes, next week will also be my first, uh, presentation at Olea. Yes. After, after many years as an attendee. You've been to yeah. been to the yeah. event. I don't Since, know how many years uh, in a row. 2009, I think, was my first year attending, and I was absolutely blown away <laughs> by what I saw, and have made it a point to attend ever since. Well, that's so. That's the rule. If you've come for ten years, you have to speak the eleventh year. <laughs> that's, that's... Yeah, I'm kind of learning that. <laughs> <laughs> so... No one warned me first. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, we don't tell anybody that because then they just stop at year nine. Um, so, so your schedule, like your, the, 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 the stuff that you're juggling exhausts me when I look at it. And that's, that's, that's saying a lot. And I think that, um, one of the first, first things that I just wanted to kind of get out there is you, you don't just have a job. You have like a good corporate job with all the benefits and retirement funds and you've been there a long time and it's a, it's, it, it, it's not a, it's not a badly paying job at all. Why in the world did you decide to add real estate to all of that in the first place? <laughs> well, you know, um, real estate to me, one of the things that I learned many, many years ago, you know, when I first graduated from college and you're thinking, wow, you know, you're, you're now an engineer and you're going to go have a great job and, you know, make a lot of money. And one of the things that I learned very early on is, wow, when you look at your check, you see a huge chunk of it is taken out in taxes. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, that began my journey, you know, that amongst a number of other things into learning about how to build and grow wealth and real estate, uh, is by far one of the best ways uh, to build and grow wealth. And, and, you know, one of the things that you hear commonly stated is the acronym IDEAL, you know, I-D-E-A-L, where, you know, real estate provides for uh, income in the form of cash flow. Uh, you know, there's that whole, it's not how much you make, but how much you keep things, which, you know, the D for depreciation comes into play, which the IRS allows. Um, you can build equity uh, with your properties. Um, and, of course, you know, the, the kind of icing on the cake is appreciation. And then the L, from a leverage standpoint, is something that's uh, very unique uh, with real estate because it's, it's one of the few investments where you could have 100% control of an investment with only 20% or less equity ownership in it. So, you know, to me, that is truly the ideal investment. Mm-hmm. The thing is, <laughs> you know, th- there's a lot of people who are, work in corporate America or work other sorts of jobs who buy rentals because they're they're kind of okay. semi-passive, you know, like like they're not completely passive, but 
it, it's something you can definitely handle evenings and weekends. And if you buy two and it's, you know, you feel like you've got too much to do, you don't have to buy a third one. But you also wholesale and you do creative deals. And those those are those are businesses. Those aren't those aren't passive investments. So what is your secret to to doing <laughs> to doing? I mean, you've got your rentals and then you're also doing wholesale deals like how like, like I think what people want to yeah. know is how does she do it? <laughs> yeah, and you know, uh, what you said is absolutely uh, correct in that many people do view, you know, even having, if you just had rentals, a lot of people view that as passive, but it, it's really not, right? And so, and, and all of these other things are certainly not passive, but I, what I have found is I think there's four main strategies for me um, that have worked very well, um, one being time blocking, um, the other being, you know, writing down everything that I do, um, hiring assistants and others that can help you with the tasks that have to be done. And then uh, last but certainly not least, having a system that helps keep you organized. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you just you just rattled that off like everybody was going to be able to say, oh, yeah, sure, I know what time blocking is. I'm going to do that. So what what I really want to do for the rest of the show is break that down. Like, we want to know exactly how you do, how you time block, how you write everything down, how your time spent. And we also want to invite listener questions at 877-772-9658. Again, 877-772-9658. If you got any questions about how to handle any aspect of having a real estate business and a job, this is a really good day to ask them. You can also send them to askvina at gmail.com. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing, talking today about how to handle a job and a real estate business. And we're going to talk about this from both sides, from the side of how do you do the real estate business when you have a job, but also how do you do the job when you have a real estate business? Now, as longtime listeners like Anita know, when we get a phone call, we take it right away because we don't want to leave people hanging on the line. If you have a question that you'd like to ask by phone, 877-772-9658. Now, Anita, the call that I am looking at on the screen is from Bill in Florida. Do I take it or not? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, yes, go ahead and take it. All right. Line two, <laughs> Bill I in Florida. Is. <laughs> I, I think I know who it is, too. Bill, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. <laughs> Thank you so much, Rena. I greatly appreciate it. And, and having and get a chance to listen to Anita is really a great honor. So I'm just I'm very pleased. Yeah, me too. Well, thank you, Bill. <laughs> I didn't think well, that, uh, I thought you were on your bike ride across the country, so I had no idea you would be listening in today. Well, let's just say the way you volunteered to be on the radio show. <laughs> <laughs> Bill volunteered to listen. <laughs> but anyway, I do have a question for you, Anita. So, my question, I have two questions for you. The first question is, again, you're very talented at what you do corporate-wise, and you're very well thought of. I just want to know, what are your plans for retirement from that very good job that you have corporate-wise? 
<laughs> She's you know, on the know. air, Bill. Like her boss could be listening. I didn't say. I didn't say. I did not say that she worked for Procter and Gamble. <laughs> oh my except, god! Except just now. <laughs> oh yes, except for that. So so we're actually we're actually going to talk a little bit toward the end of the show. <laughs> about just generally if if somebody out there might be thinking about retiring or leaving their job to do real estate full-time what sorts of things they would need to put in place before they did it because a lot of people pull that plug a little early you know like i did my first deal i will answer that question towards the end when it's you know in the sequential order yes she she will answer (laughs) when the time comes so, and the other question I had for you, because we all know that really the thing that makes real estate investing go is making the written offers. So how is it, you know, what do you do to allot the time to be out to be able to make the written offers? Because that's a really hard thing, because, again, I was listening to what, you know, how Vino introduced you and all the things you're doing. And frankly, I got tired. It was like, oh, my God, I don't know how she does all that. So how do you how do you set aside that time, that most important time to make written offers? Yeah, very good question. Um, so for me, uh, and I think that that's a great lead-in into the time-blocking uh, question that was asked as well. Uh, for me, uh, and we'll get into it a little bit more as well, I uh, kind of have certain times that I have set aside where I will evaluate deals. So for example, uh, I, I'm a very early riser. So I try to make sure that uh, you know when I'm at work, I'm full on at work, and then when I'm focusing on my real estate business, I'm full on focusing on that. And so I will spend maybe an hour and a half to two hours in the morning, depending on how early my day at work starts. Sometimes I have to split up that two hours. I might have an hour in the morning to kind of look at some deals and and do some uh, crunch some numbers, and I might have you know to put another hour later at the end of the day. Uh, but I typically block out time that is solely dedicated to what I need to do for the real estate business, i.e. making, you know, written offers and talking with sellers and that type of thing. Perfect. That's a great answer to the question. I look forward to the answer to my other question. Yeah. So, so Bill, if, if all the real estate investors that you're always pounding on to make written offers just spent one hour a day on it, would their lives be different? Just if they just made one offer a day or just, you know, they, they said one offer a week, that's 52 offers a year. But it's just kind of like mm-hmm. what Nina said as far as I'm, I'm pedaling my bike across the country and people said, isn't that hard? No, you face your bike to the west and you get on the bike every day and you pedal and you're going to get rained on and things are going to go wrong and the bike's going to break and yeah, 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 whatever. But you better be pedaling. And that's what that's what you're doing. That's, and again, I, I have utmost respect for you, Nina. You know that. And know that I well. Thank you, Bill. Thing. <laughs> thank you for calling. Thank Bill. you so much, and thanks for calling in. <laughs> yeah. Oh my pleasure. My pleasure. Just let me just call me the stalker. Yeah, you're so so. Bill, you're also speaking at the Oria National Real Estate Summit next week. How are those slides coming along with you biking across the country simultaneously? <laughs> I, I I I sent them over to you like three days ago. Uh, okay, I'm gonna have to check my inbox. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I send it, whoever <laughs> sends me this this thing, I, I send to them that, and they have the link to the whatever. Okay, so you're, you send it to Sarah. you're ready to go, and I can stop panic, panicking. George can peel me off the ceiling. I think Saturday, Saturday or Sunday morning. Okay, all right. Thanks for your call, Bill.
Okay. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. Love you, Bina. Love you too, Bill. Bye. Bye. Uh, so, um, yeah. He, that, he found... I wasn't expecting that call. Yeah. I think it, well, come on. If he, I send out an email to like 20,000 people saying you were going to be on the radio tonight, did you really think he was going to be able to resist hassling you about? Well, I thought he would be biking, so I just <laughs> had no idea <laughs> that he would see your email that I was going to be on the air tonight. Yes, yes. So Bill, Bill, Bill falls into one category of folks that we meet at RIA every day, which is he can't understand why anybody would have a job. <laughs> You fall into the other category, which is, I like my job, and I trained really hard for it, and I'm good at it, and they pay me well, and I don't really especially want to leave it, but I do still want to do real estate investing. So, yeah, whenever the two of you are together, it becomes, why do you still have that job? <laughs> so, <laughs> kind of figure that was what was coming when I saw Bill from Florida. All right, so... um <laughs> Time blocking. You just you just mentioned yeah. you mentioned it to Bill that uh, you said you said you have a block every day in the morning and a block every day in the evening, and that's what that's what you spend on real estate. What happens during those time blocks? Okay, like so, the, draw us a picture of what your typical week would look like. Sure, sure. So. You know, uh, everybody has, uh, you know, different start times, different end times. For me, I'm an early riser. And, you know, if you ask me to think about something really complex and hard at 9 and 10 o'clock at night, it probably won't happen, right? Whereas others, they may be up until, you know, midnight. So for me, uh, let's say between maybe 5.15 and depending on what time my day at work has to start, so 5.15 to 7, 7.30, right? Mm -hmm. That time might be set aside solely for following up on, okay, what were the leads that came in yesterday? What were the notes that I have from my assistant? Um, and running some numbers to figure out, okay, what are the offers? You know, what's the offer I can make to the seller? What's the direction I've got to give back to my assistant when I tell her to call this person back? Or is it the person that I need to call back personally? And if so, let me look at my schedule and see, maybe I can call them around 1230 if I take a you know 30 minute or so lunch, right? I can call that person then. So it's really um, going back through the last 24 hours and saying, okay, what happened? How many leads came in? You know, what, what's the key follow-up that I need to do for today? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you... then in the evening, oh, go ahead. No, you go on. And then I was going to say, you know, depending on how early my day has to start, <clears throat> I may not be able to do all of that in the morning. I may have to flip that to later in the day. And so typically for me, from a time-blocking standpoint, I plan my week out at the beginning of the week, not on Monday. So on Sunday or on Saturday, I pretty know pretty well know what my schedule at work is going to look like for the week. You know, am I going to have a, a meeting at 7 a.m. or even earlier because I'm meeting with somebody in Asia <laughs> or at night because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm meeting with somebody in a different time zone type of thing. Um, and I can then schedule what is it that's critical that needs to happen, 
right? And I, I tend to lay out in that schedule what are the top things that absolutely must happen, right? Some things have to happen on a Monday or something may not have to happen until Thursday, but I try to have that laid out in advance so that I'm not, when the time comes, scrambling, trying to think through, okay, now what am I supposed to be doing now, right? It's, it's really trying to make the most of the time that I have so I can be as efficient as possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you're a huge E-Myth fan. I think I've, I think I've heard you recommend that book to 300 people <laughs> over the course of the last five years. <laughs> and he talks about in your business and on your business, Mm-hmm. It talks about working in your business and on your business. And a lot of what you just described is working in your business. It's, it's, yeah. I'm, I'm reviewing this lead. I'm making this offer. I'm communicating with my assist- assistant about making this offer. How much time do you spend on working on your business? And what does that look like? Like, give us some examples of some stuff that you might have done in the last couple of weeks to work on your business. Sure. And so um, just for folks who may not be familiar with that book. Um, it, it really helps to differentiate between, you know, how to think about strategically your business. It, it highlights uh, important differences between, like Dina said, working in and, 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 and working on your business. And so working on your business is stepping back and saying, you know, 300-foot level, 1,000-foot level, what have you, what's the overall big picture here, right? So most of the time that I spend working on the business is usually on the weekend um, when I have more time that I can dedicate um, and dedicate it in more uh, in larger chunks or blocks of time. So, for example, um, you know, trying to determine what is the next marketing strategy I want to focus on and, and what does that need to look like, right, strategically. Um, and what's the training system I want to have for my assistant? Um, and, and what does that need to look like? Where I need to spend some kind of, uh, you know, detailed chunk of time really sitting down and thinking through um, what a particular system or a workflow looks like. A perfect example would be, you know, when you talk about the difference between working in versus working your on is a checklist. So you might have a checklist where you're going through and you're actually doing the task associated with checking off every single thing on that checklist. Or you could be, when you think about working on, what is the checklist that I need to develop, mm. right? Mm-hmm. That is more of the systemic, bigger picture thinking. Um, and so that's... Uh, kind of the difference between the two. And like I said, for me, from a time standpoint, I spend most of my time working on the business on the weekends, usually very early Saturday mornings um, and sometimes on Sundays. But I, I usually try to do most of it on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So you, you actually schedule time to work on it and also in it. Not You don't just kind of let that happen. That is correct. That is correct. All right. Uh, we need to take another quick break. I want to invite callers who are not going to harass Anita to quit her job to give us a call at 877-772-9658 or send us an email about whatever's going on with you and your business and your job 
at askvina at gmail.com. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today, Anita Johnson, full-time corporate worker, plus wholesaler, plus rental property owner, plus creative finance deal maker. Um, Also a speaker at the 2020 OREA National Real Estate Investing Summit, which starts this Saturday and includes 75 hours of information and education from people like Anita who've just like gotten really good at something in her particular case her topic is going to be how to hire your first VA and we're going to get to VAs here in a minute in our discussion and then y'all are going to be like wait wait where do I hire him how do I hire him what do I how do I manage him what do you pay him and that's going to be her topic at the OREA convention Uh, which if you are listening to the show, you should be signed up for. Like, it's insane that you would be interested in real estate investing and not be at that eight-evening event, especially since you can get a ticket at wmkvfm.org for $97. That's $60 less than everybody else has paid for the last month. That's like like the pre-registration price. And the only place you can still get it is wmkvfm.org. And you just scroll down to the bottom of the page, you'll see it. Uh, And guess what else? That $97 goes to WMKV. So it's like a double, like like you get all this amazing real estate information and also you get to donate to public radio. So you can check two boxes on your to-do list this year by going there and registering for the event and by the way when you see the agenda for the event and you're like oh my god how can you possibly go to 38 sessions over the course of five evenings and two saturdays the answer is you can't but all the recordings come to like the so the day after somebody speaks you get the recordings to download so you have a whole library of education literally a whole library of education in your computer by the time you're done for $97 if you go to wmkvfm.org and get it there. So Anita, um, your second, so you said time blocking was one big, big important reason that you were able to do all of this. The second thing you said was write down everything you do. Can you explain what you mean by that and why you think it's so important? Yeah, I think it is crucially important, and I'll, I'll tell you a little story here as to why, how that, uh, how that came to be for me. So one of the things that uh, most people don't think about is that everything that you do has a procedure or it has some steps to follow, right? It may not be a formal written procedure, right? But there are some steps to follow. Even if you told someone, I want you to go to the store and I want you to go to store ABC on, you know, it sits on this corner, et cetera. Well, you're going to give them some directions if they don't know how to get there. And so the reason this became critically important for me, as you mentioned, you know, I started out with rentals and then upon moving to Cincinnati and becoming a member of Cincinnati RIA, I thought, let me learn this wholesaling. And, you know, as George just mentioned, uh, it's going to be a great day <laughs> for driving for dollars. And 
that was the first, uh, that was how I started uh, my wholesaling business in terms of marketing. I did driving for dollars, which, you know, driving through neighborhoods here in Cincinnati and writing down addresses of properties that appear to be in a distressed situation. And first thing, I am not from Cincinnati, so I had to learn, okay, which neighborhood should I be in and which one should I not for this particular strategy. And then after I had this long list of all these addresses, then it became time to, okay, I've got to now create uh, you know, these postcards that I'm going to hand address them. Well, you've got to then go and look up online on the auditor site, well, what is the seller's name and their mailing address? So I had this whole spreadsheet, you know, I'm spending time looking up all of that information and then hand addressing all of these postcards. And so uh, for me, um, one of the things I thought about is, okay, you're doing this, but each time you're doing it, you're following the same step. You're, you're going to a particular website, you're looking for a particular set of information, and then you're populating it in the spreadsheet. And so for me, it's like, write all of that down so that eventually I could then hand that off to someone who could do that for me at a very low cost. And then that removes me from having to do that task and spend hours mm -hmm. <laughs> trying to get all of that information. So that's why it's, it's really important to, to write down what you do, because the whole concept here is you learn it, then you do it, right? So I did it. And then by writing it down, I can now teach someone else to do it. So it's the whole learn, do, teach concept mm -hmm. that folks might have heard of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we're actually going to talk about the, your outsourcing because that's been huge for you. But first, we need to go to the phones and talk to Russell, who's on line one in Connecticut. Russell, welcome to Life Real Estate. I'm good. How are you? Good, good. A uh, question that's not really maybe so much for me specifically, though other it may resonate with a lot of listeners, is, and thank you for mentioning the time segmentation piece here. For those who, and many of us, are between, or between jobs with COVID and you know, layoffs or furloughs and all that, uh, what's your suggestion? What are some suggestions for if you're getting uh, some work and, you, and you're doing the real estate? Uh, as far as time segmentation and boundaries, or I guess those kinds of things, and where do I allocate where? So you're, so are you one of these people who's between jobs? Uh, yes, I am. Okay. And and, and one you, of many. You know, Anita's jealous right now. Yeah. She's she's thinking she's thinking, man, if I had forty hours a week to work on my real estate business, I could I could kill it. There you go. Right. So, so <laughs> so are you are you um are you sort of just facing every day, not quite knowing how to most effectively use it for your real estate business. Is that's what is that what's happening? Uh, yes, oh. yes, in both. Yeah, uh, you, do you know how many people I talk to that like their whole goal in getting into real estate is to quit their jobs because they're like yes. this whole thing, this whole fifty-hour week between commuting and being there and overtime and blah blah blah, and I just I I don't like it and I think I could make more money working for myself and then they they get there, they quit their jobs. Right. 
And then they're saying, I don't know how I had 50 hours a week to work because like, I don't seem to be getting any more done in my real estate business than I was when I was working. It's like somehow my whole day just goes away. Right. Even though I've got an extra 50 hours in the week and, and I, I'm not sure how to, I, I'm not sure how to refocus on this. So Anita, do you have any advice for Russell? Russell, do you want to go back to a job if that, be, if that opportunity becomes available or do you want to stay away? Um, uh, um, depends. If, if I could wave okay. a magic wand, Russell, and, and now yeah. you've, got a, you've got a real estate business that makes you at least as much as your job did, would you go back to your job? Uh, probably not. <laughs> probably not. You're so, you're so... <laughs> Unless it was something I really, 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 really loved and had other reasons to go there besides just money. <laughs> oh, so you want to you want to work you want to work at something that you like actually like, not because you have to. <laughs> right. Okay. So, Anita, any advice yeah. for Russell on controlling his day or to anybody make, else or anybody else to to make sure that <laughs> they're controlling their day in such a way that they're getting the most out of it they can on the real estate side. Sure, absolutely. So, Russell, one of the things that I would tell you, uh, are you brand new to real estate or have you been in real estate and did this event happen? He's been doing it a long time. Okay. Okay. So, one of the things I would say for you to do is to just sit down when it's quiet, right, when you have some Mm -hmm. time to focus and think, and just write down what are all the things, right? So, like, if you are not doing enough marketing, right? Mm-hmm. what are all the things that you need to start doing to, yeah. I guess, scale where you are currently, you know, from where you are to wherever you want to be, what, what does that require, right? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. based on what that requires, my suggestion would be to then map out your day such that if you have 10 items, I'm just making that up, if you had 10 items, how are you – allocating time towards those 10 items because at the end of the day what you want to make sure that you've done is not just a ton of activity but you want to do something that's going to get you closer towards your end goal okay right because you can you can be very busy but maybe it's not really getting you towards that end goal so I think that's where you have to sit back and say what is it I'm really really trying to accomplish and then how you know, what's required to do that? You know, what does, it, what does it require me to do in order to accomplish that end goal? And then start, you know, just kind of laying out the actions, you know, and designating a certain amount of time, whether it be daily or, you know, each week or what have you to, to do that work. That would be my, my recommendation. And before you know it, then you filled up your time and your time is filled up with stuff that is active actually allowing you to focus on getting closer to your goal. And and Russell, I'd make a second second suggestion for somebody who is in your position of I'd kind of like to not, not go back to work, but if I found the right thing, I would go back to work and that is that part Anita talked about a work about working on your business. This is a perfect time to set up systems so that if you do decide to go back to work, you have other people who can fill the role that you're filling right now while you're at work all day. Mm-hmm. Good point. Absolutely. Good point. Yeah. And that's Figuring actually, that's actually the, all that, that's other thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's actually, uh, we have another question here from Jody that, that, that uh, I think is going to further sort of, you know, give you information on what that might look like. 
Okay. Okay. Great. All so, right. Thank you. Thank you for your call, Russell. Um, You're welcome. So, so, Anita, this next question from Jody in Toledo, Toledo, your hometown. Um, okay. Is is right along the lines of the other thing we wanted to cover today, which is, she says. What I need to know more than anything else is how Anita is handling the fact that sellers aren't going to call her between 5.15 and 7 in the morning or between 6 and 7 at night. They're going to call while she's at work. How does she handle incoming calls? And that's, that's part that of... That is a great... Yeah. <laughs> that's part that of the bigger picture here. <laughs> and... Uh... You know, you can handle that. So the way that I handle that and the way that I, from day one that I started marketing, that I've handled that is I have an answering service um, that live answers every incoming call, okay? So you can have an answering service. I think when I uh, started with them, it was like 50 bucks a month, right? You can tell them exactly how you want your phone to, to be answered. So if you were to call any of the numbers right now, they would answer, you know, well, right now, good evening, Anita Johnson's office, how may I help you, right? Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, et cetera. And then they would ask you, you know, are you calling to sell a house, to buy a house, or for some other matter, right? So having a live answering service can take the place of you not being able to answer your phone uh, directly because I am definitely unable to do that, uh, you know, during my day at work. And however, I am able to, once the answering service has taken a message, they can text you, they can email you, etc. And that is how I then know, you know, I've, I've gotten all of my calls answered live, and then I'm able to follow up because I have the information that was taken by the live answering service. Mm -hmm. So, so far, you've told us that you have outsourced the taking of the incoming calls and the outgoing marketing. Can you can you just say briefly what else you have other people doing? Sure. So um, I do have, as you mentioned, I have an assistant who creates all of my marketing lists. Um, then I also have an assistant who hand addresses all of my mailers, um, whether they be postcards or letters. Um, I have an assistant that runs comp. And, and you may be thinking, okay, well, why could you have one person kind of do it all? And one of the things that I'll be talking about next week at the um, OREA conference is when you hire people, how you want to hire them, uh, you want to make sure that you have folks who are focused on whatever they're good at, right? So um, like I mentioned, I have an assistant to run comp. Um, I recently added to my team someone who is um, an experienced rehabber who can go out and see properties for me during the day while I'm at work. And that was a huge um, win for me because prior to adding that person to my team, I would oftentimes have to wait until the weekend to go see a property um, or, you know, to go see it after work. And that doesn't always work for everyone, right? Uh, you know, your sellers, just like yourself, 
You know, they, they work all different schedules. And so you have to be able to meet them where they are in terms of their schedule. And so bringing a person on my team who I can, you know, pay per property uh, to go out and see that property and um, do an evaluation of the repairs and give me a, a sheet so that, you know, that just even more expedites my process in being able to determine what I can offer a seller. Um, and let's see, I've got a bookkeeper, I've got a tax person, uh, I've got a property manager. I've got a number of things that I have outsourced. And I really didn't think of it as outsourcing years and years ago uh, until, you know, I got into this, you know, this business and I thought, wow, I've always pretty much outsourced things that I'm not good at mm-hmm. or that, uh, that I can't do, don't like to do, um, or would have to spend an enormous amount of time learning, like my tax person, right? Yes. Uh, my tax person is an expert and I leave that to them. So, um, and that's it, just kind of an example. Anita, I, I suspect that we've got some listeners who are thinking, good Lord, she's got six full-time people working for her, and that's that's not <laughs> it at all. You, these that are, is not at all these the are, case. These that's are correct. all part-time, and three of them are actually virtual. They're actually, I think two of them don't even live in the United States, in fact. That is and correct. that's unfortunately... Uh, a topic that we're going to have to leave for folks who are coming to the OREA convention uh, because we are out of time. Uh, But um, yeah, so the lesson here is block your time, outsource where you can. Don't let having a job stop you from having a real estate business. Uh, We will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. Happy investing.